You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here we go, everybody. On a Wednesday, September 26th, it is Locked On Crossover Edition of Locked On Lions and Locked On Cowboys. Matt Derry in Detroit, Marcus Mosier in Dallas, host of Locked On Cowboys. What's going on, Marcus? Not much, Matt. How you doing? I'm doing well, buddy. Uh, neither team is, is that great. This is kind of a measuring stick game, don't you think, for both, both teams? What's going on in Dallas? Yeah, we're used to these Lions-Cowboys matchups being a little bit more uh, exciting when we have these two teams that are you know, usually competing for a playoff spot or in the playoffs sometimes meeting up against each other. Uh, this one feels weird. Uh, these are two teams that are almost trying to save their season in week four. So uh, I think it's going to be an exciting game. Um, I'm excited to get to it. All right, Locked On Lions, Locked On Cowboys crossover edition, of course, brought to you by our friends at MyBookie. Marcus will tell you about them coming up in a little bit. Uh, All right, Marcus, so let's start with with the Lions. Uh, It was a huge win Sunday night for for this team here against the Patriots, and now all of a sudden people think, well, they should go to Dallas and win because Dallas is inferior, not playing very good football. Lions, the number one pass defending team, the pass defense team in the NFL. Uh, and the Cowboys, as far as passing offense, 31st out of 32. What's what's kind of the scene down in Dallas right now with this one and two Cowboys club? Uh, it's pandemonium. I, I mean, people are just in chaos because of this Cowboys offense. Uh, it, it, here's the thing with Dallas. It's not just that these last three games have been rough. They've only scored 39 points through three games. It's that when you go back from the last eight games of last season, uh, this offense has been bad. So of, of, over the last 11 games, you're talking about probably the worst offense in the NFL. Uh, Last year, it was the excuse while Ezekiel Elliott uh, was suspended. Once he comes back, everything will be fine. He's back, and it looks exactly the same as it did before. Uh, This is a monster, monster game for the Cowboys. If if they have another performance where they're only scoring 13, 14 points, uh, it's going to get pretty ugly here in Dallas. What, what's the biggest problem, though? I mean, I, I guess when you talk about a Witten retirement, Dez being gone, uh, and you look at, at the weapons around Dak Prescott and Zeke, it's not much. No, and I think that, actually that is the problem. Is we don't know what the problem is. Uh, there's a million different things you could point to. You could point to uh, Prescott's play going down significantly. His passer rating over the last 11 games is just 65. Uh, you could point to maybe the play calling and not being innovative enough. You could point to the receivers and the, the weapons on the outside because they're not dynamic. They're really slow. They're really old. Uh, nobody's good. Um, and you could point to the offensive line that seems like it's a just a, a much worse group than we're used to. So there's not one thing that you could point to and hope that gets better. And I think that's what's most concerning about this Cowboys team. It just seems like they, they built their offense on a house of cards, and now it's all starting to come tumbling down. Well, here, Marcus, obviously you saw the game Sunday night. The Lions looked really good against New England. It was a stunner for everybody here in the Motor City. Nobody expected that. Uh, I, I think a lot of us, and me included, expected them to play better because they couldn't get much worse than the 0-2 start and, and losing to the Jets and the Niners, two below 500 teams. But to, to play the way they did, to dominate the way they did against the Patriots, was a big surprise, and it started up front. The offensive line was terrific, maybe the best run-blocking game I've seen since Barry Sanders. And then the, def- and then the defensive line, dude, did a, did a nice job in, in, in harassing Brady enough. 
a couple of sacks, some hurries, and they stopped the run. So if, if I'm the – Let me ask you this. Go ahead. Do you think the Lions are going to have a letdown because of, you know, playing on that Sunday night – you know, primetime game in Detroit against the New England Patriots. Do you think there's a, a natural letdown that could happen because of that? Oh, I don't think there's any question that they will not be playing with the same energy they played with on Sunday. It was desperation, 0-2, at home, place was packed and loud, and it was Tom Brady and it was Belichick against Patricia. So, you know, I, I like the fact, though, Marcus, that the Lions are going somewhere in, in, in the Jerry world where they haven't won in a long time, where, where they where they never won in that building, and right. and that they, you know, it's it, it's the Cowboys. So you see the star on the helmets, and, and, and you should be fired up to play. I'd be concerned if they were playing Tennessee this week or, you know, or, or somebody like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Uh... I'm I'm thinking that Detroit's going to come into this game, and they're going to be fired up coming off that win. They're going to have a lot of confidence. Now, the Cowboys are going to be almost the opposite. They're going to be a little bit in desperation mode just because they know if they fall to one and three in Dallas with their schedule coming up, they have an absolutely brutal schedule uh, that things could fall apart quickly. So I, I, I do think you're going to have an interesting dynamic here and a desperate team coming off of uh, going against a very confident team, which I'm excited to see. What about the Jason Garrett uh, haters and the fact that it's been for years, the anti-Garrett crowd is just, it's continued to get loud. Jerry continues to back him. What, how much of this is him and Linehan? I know I've been reading that Linehan's been under some fire as well. Scott, of course, ran the offense here under Matthew Stafford for a while and Stafford loved him. Um, But what's going on there? I think people are just getting tired of Jason Garrett. Uh, if you remember, Jason Garrett was hired in 2007 to be their offensive coordinator. So he has been here for 11 seasons now. Uh, and in that time, the Cowboys have, have won just two playoff games. They've never been to an NFC Championship game. Uh, people are just get, growing tired of Jason Garrett's message. Uh, uh, and I think with coaches, there's a certain time period that you have to get things done by. If you don't have success in the first five or seven years uh, of a coaching stint, at some point that message of, hey, this is the right way to do it, this is the right you know style of football we want to play, kind of rings hollow. And I'm starting to feel like that's what's happening here in Dallas. Um, you know, though People don't believe that Jason Garrett knows what it's going to take to get to the Cowboys to the next level. Uh, they're not confident in Scott Linehan's ability to coach up this offense. Um, it's just there's not a lot of confidence surrounding the Cowboys coaching staff right now. Hmm. Marcus Mosier from Locked On Cowboys. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. It's our Locked On uh, crossover edition on a Wednesday, brought to you by our friends at MyBookie. You know, here, Marcus, it's crazy because Matt Patricia was under fire two games in, and if you want to count it, six games in if you go back to the preseason where the Lions looked putrid. And then all of a sudden now he's a genius for how he uh, schemed and had his team, you know, is putting putting the clamps down on Tom Brady and, and and the guys from the Patriots. So, you know, if there's a feel good day or, or, or week, it's this week for this for this staff, um, which I said before was was under fire already because of you know some whispers in the locker room about veterans not being happy with the with the workload Patricia was putting forth. Uh, the fact that this team was getting destroyed in in all four preseason games, although they came back to win one of them, but it was that was you know fourth stringers, and then the first two weeks. So, you know, all of a sudden it's kind of the opposite here in Detroit in terms of people now are are confident that maybe just maybe 
this coach can out-scheme somebody else, uh, which is something that, that the Lions fans never thought of with Jim Caldwell. The, the players loved Caldwell, but it wasn't it wasn't anything. Uh, you know, he the challenge flags and, and and timeout usage. Now all of a sudden, Patricia seems to be in the good graces of fans because <laughs> after one game, but it was the Patriots. You know, it's funny how that works, right? One one. One game on national TV can completely change the opinion uh, of a player, of a coach, an entire franchise. So that doesn't surprise me at all. What I want to talk about is some of the matchups. Um, how do you expect Matt Patricia to try to stop the Cowboys' offense? I mean, everybody knows the the goal here is to stop Ezekiel Elliott. But how do you anticipate that Patricia treats the Cowboys' offense this week? Oh, I, I think that, that first and foremost, you're right. It's going to have to be uh, loading up the box. Now, here's the thing. The Lions do not have a ton of – what the Lions possess, Marcus, is a bunch of rush outside linebackers and guys that can run a little bit. It, it's more geared toward the pass, I think, and getting to the, to the, pass, uh, getting to the passer and getting to the quarterback than it is stopping the run. First two weeks, the Jets and the Niners, and we're talking Isaiah Crowell and Matt Breida, uh, destroyed right. the line, destroyed right. the Lions. So now, you know, after a good game against the Sony Michels and Rex Burkheads, now you're you're going back to the varsity here playing Zeke. Uh, I would expect the Lions to load the box. They're very confident in their secondary. It's the strength of their defense. Glover Quinn's played well lately. Darius Slay's as good a corner as there is in the game. So he'll shut down half the field. And with what you guys have you know, on the outside, I, I would think they're going to load the box and, and make Zeke, uh, you know, and, and just not allow Zeke Elliott to go anywhere and make Prescott on third and seven, third and eight beat him. That would be, I know it's, it's pretty basic, like you said, Marcus, but that's what I would expect. Yeah, the one advantage that Detroit's going to have is in the passing game because they have Darius Slay. They can put Slay on any any receiver on the Cowboys and expect to completely take him out of the game. Now, it's not hard to take a Cowboys receiver out of the game because probably you and I could cover him with <laughs> how uh, little talent they have at that position. Well, but, who, who's, con- um, who's considered the number one receiver there? Right. No, that's that's exactly what I was going to get to. It's Cole Beasley. Um, that's the guy that Dak Prescott trusts. Uh, it's the guy that has the most targets this year. So my question for you is this. Is Darius Slay okay with moving into the slot and covering uh, a Cole Beasley type of receiver? Um, you know, I, I still think Slay would be on the outside. But if that's the game plan is to put Slay on Beasley, Darius can do it. Uh, the, one sure, thing that the, the one thing that the Lions have, uh, Marcus, is, is Quandre Diggs is kind of a hybrid safety slash corner. And over the last couple of weeks, Quandre's been asked to uh, cover some of the tight ends, some of the better tight ends in the game. Um, and last week being Rob Gronkowski, and they did a nice job, George Kittle, the week before. So I know you guys don't might, might not have that Jason Witten threat anymore. So maybe Diggs is maybe Diggs sometimes is on Beasley if I if I if I you know if I if I'm kind of thinking straight that that might be where they go but uh, Lions secondary has yeah, definitely who, been good. Who are you going to have cover Blake Jarwin and Jeff Swaim? Man, those guys are weapons. <laughs> I saw Swaim on on the uh, one of those. Uh, it was a tweet from Jeff Schwartz how he completely whiffed on a on a block <laughs> and the, the play where Zeke fell down and 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 lost the ball on his own. You guys, it looks like just a mess up front with, with Dallas right now and blocking, and that's 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 stunning to me because I love Lyle Collins, I love Zach Martin. Uh, it, it, the Cowboys are a mess. You said it right. Um, I want to get to some of the other matchups in a second, but let's pause so I can tell you guys about my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. 
That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. You can even bet how many catches will Jeff Swaim have this week. If you, <laughs> if you go over one, oh, man. you are a bold man. Uh, join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, and don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus you pay you play you you get paid all right let's talk a little bit about the other side of the ball sure the lions offense against the cowboys defense the cowboys have a pretty good defense uh they have a, a good pass rush now they will not have sean lee in this matchup uh they they still like their corners and i think the cowboys corners match up well with the the lions receivers but how do you expect the lions to 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 try to pick apart this cowboys defense well obviously you know demarcus lawrence is a good is as good a, a player as there is on the on the field sunday marcus i don't think i'm speaking out of turn right i mean he's yeah, absolutely that, that guy's awesome so you know when you're talking about slowing down an edge rusher that uh Sorry about that. Just slowing down an edge rusher that, that can get to Stafford. I think it starts with a run game. And all of a sudden, you won't even believe this, but the Lions actually had a 100-yard rusher this past weekend. First time, first time since 2013 in Reggie Bush, a span of 70 games. And so on Johnson, I think, you know, if you, I, I see the screen game being something that's big here. I, I see Dallas maybe biting for it a couple of times. Here comes Lawrence thinking he's got Stafford, and Stafford's screens went out to Johnson or to Theo Riddick. That would be my guess for the Lions on how to handle that is, is, is you know, so, so some misdirection, uh, some screens. But, you know, Stafford wants to I – think, I think he wants this game – he wants to come home and win down at Dallas. He hasn't done that, and uh, this would be the time to do it. Uh, I don't know t- a ton about uh, Dallas's corners. Like you said, I love Sean Lee, and that's a huge loss. He always seems to be hurt um, when he's out there. They- they're so much better, but uh, they got to block Lawrence. But like I said, I think I think some screens and some and some different things, some quick stuff. will uh, will try to they'll try to neutralize him. Lions offensive line played really well Sunday, so uh, that's what I would expect. Uh, the Cowboys' defensive line did not play well last week against Seattle, and you would think that's a matchup they should have exploited considering Seattle's weakness across the offensive line. But other than Demarcus Lawrence, it was a, a unit that just didn't show up. Now, you're going to have Randy Gregory on the, the right side. Demarcus Lawrence is going to be there. Taco Charlton, Tyrone Crawford. They have talent. Um, and that's going to be a fantastic matchup to watch uh, the Lions' offensive line because you know that's a, that's a spot that looks really improved this year with Frank Ragnow uh, and Ricky Wagner. Uh, I'm going to be interested in seeing those guys uh, against the Cowboys' defensive line. Uh, but the cornerbacks. The Lions have a, a fantastic set of receivers, maybe the best trio in the league in Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, and Kenny Galladay. Uh, the Cowboys have a really good cornerback trio as well with Byron Jones now on the outside, uh, Chidobia Wuzier, the second-round pick from last year, and then Anthony Brown down in the slot. Uh, Byron Jones has been arguably one of the best corners in the, sleet, in the league this year. Uh, Chidobia is, is playing fantastic football right now. Um, the Cowboys don't match up with receivers. They're going to play sides. Uh, 
but who typically runs in the slot for the Lions? Is that Golden Tate still? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's money there. Marcus, you know that. Uh, Golden Tate's a guy that, you know, the, the yards, after a ca- yards after catch are unbelievable. Uh, he makes people miss. He's still very good. He's in a contract year right now. And if I had to guess, I would say, you know, the wrong side of 30. And with the way Bob Quinn is operating in sort of that Belichick Patriot way, I don't see the Lions throwing money his way this offseason. And I think that would be a huge loss for next year. But for now, Golden Tate is, is, is playing pretty good football. The guy to watch is Kenny Galladay, second-year uh, guy out of northern Illinois, who was a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick um, uh, the year before. And... You know, the thing with Galladay is he, he's just making plays, and he's got size, and, and he's actually getting more snaps now than Tate. When they go to two wide receiver sets, it's, it's, it's Marvin Jones on one side and, and Kenny Galladay on the other. They use him pretty well um, in motion. Um, so, you know, I, I like the way Kenny Galladay is playing. I want to ask you about not having Sean Lee out there. What does that mean for, for the linebacking core, and does that open up the middle of the field at all? Possibly. Um, now, everybody knows the struggles of the Cowboys without Sean Lee, and it's been well documented that they are a significantly worse defense with Sean Lee off the field. Uh, however, I'm not sold that that's going to be the case this year. Uh, in years past, the reason why they fell off so much when Sean Lee was off the field is that they didn't have a quality backup behind Lee. Now you have Jalen Smith in the middle. And you have Leighton Vander Esch, who the team took in the, the first round with the 19th overall pick, right. coming in and filling the Sean Lee role. They also have Joe Thomas, a former Packer, who uh, excels in coverage. The other thing is, is Sean Lee just hasn't been that good this year. If we're being honest, he looks like he got really slow over an offseason. The the Cowboys put in Leighton Vander Esch last week when Sean Lee got hurt. And their defense got better. Uh, Van Der Esch isn't going to take on blocks. He's not going to do anything like that. He, he's not a, an instinctive player, but he's a guy that can really run and can really tackle. He's not going to miss tackles. So I don't expect their defense to take this dramatic fall now that Sean Lee is going to be out for the next couple of weeks. In fact, I think it's going to kind of stay the same. It's going to be valuable experience for Leighton Van Der Esch. Uh, I'm curious to see what they do against Detroit because – uh, Van Der Esch, while he is athletic, I'm not sure that he matches up well with a guy like Theo Riddick, uh, who is a, a dynamic receiver out of the backfield. But that's definitely a matchup that I'm interested to watch this week. You know, it's interesting. You you mentioned the three corners and how good they are in Dallas. Uh, you didn't even mention Jordan Lewis. That's because he, he's played one snap on defense over the last three weeks. Really? He, he just he, he can't crack the top three. Now, it has nothing to do with his play. Uh, they just The top three guys in, in Chidobe, Byron, and Anthony Brown have played so well that they just don't have a spot open for Jordan Lewis. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was a fan favorite up here from his days at Michigan, obviously. And uh, you also, like you mentioned before, Taco Charlton getting some runs. So there's, there's that Michigan connection there. Um, as far as the Lions, and I want to go back to something we, we mentioned before, the, the, the Dallas offensive line and, and Frederick being out, you know, I look at it as if there's going to be a game that the Lions are going to continue to play well and stuff the run and get to, get to Dak if they can, um, you, you know, D- Frederick is amazing. I, that guy is just one of the better yep. centers in the game. And um, I, is it Looney that's been taking his spot? And usual yep, guard? How's he played? Joe Looney's at center. Connor Williams is at left guard. And then Zach Martin, who is your all pro right guard. Uh, I think he had his worst game of his career uh, in week two against, Se- or yeah, week three against Seattle. Uh, I've never seen him play that poorly. So it's just an offensive line that's not playing very well right now. Hmm. 
All right, let's get into the kicking game for a sec. Marcus, Marcus Mosier from Locked On Cowboys. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions, our crossover edition. Uh, I, I think people were stunned, when Dan, at least nationally, maybe not in Dallas, when Dan Bailey was let go. Um, they were stunned in Dallas. They, yeah? they, they were absolutely stunned in Dallas. Nobody even knew there was a kicking competition going on. Uh, it, it was one of the more surprising moves that we've seen from the Cowboys in recent years. So was that, was that Garrett? Was that Jerry? What was that? I, I think it's a combination of everything. Um, Bailey started to really struggle to stay healthy. Uh, he missed four games in each of the last two years with a groin and back injury. Um, he started to fall off in December. We, we, we have this kind of trend of him starting the season off really well, but starting to wear down as the season went along. Uh, they didn't trust him to to make field goals beyond 45, 46, 47 yards. Uh, they didn't love him on kickoffs because – they just didn't think he had the leg to get it to the end zone, and they, they didn't want to expose him uh, to contact. And the other thing is he was being paid like one of the top kickers in the league. So they had this this rookie in Brett Maher who performed well in the preseason, who was getting paid a fraction of the price with a much bigger leg, and they just decided to move on. I, I mean, it wasn't anything that I considered early on in the season, but – it happened, and Brett Maher has been adequate. And through the first three weeks, he's missed one field goal, but uh, the other, he, he's been pretty solid outside of that. Yeah, obviously, here in Detroit, uh, that was surprising to see Dan Bailey go. Matt Prater's been very good here. You know, this has happened a couple of times, and we talked about it pre-show last last week. The Lions needed to not settle for field goals and score touchdowns against the Patriots, and they, they, they had a couple of red zone scores, but all in all, again, had to settle at times for some Prater fuel goals. Um, What's Prater's range? What, what can he realistically make? Oh, Is he good from 57? Absolutely. Oh, I think he could go 60 in your place. Absolutely. Um, See, that's such, that's such a weapon he to is. somebody like that, that you you know you just get across the 40-yard line or to the 40-yard line and you get a field goal chance. I mean, that's, that's incredible. But... But the Lions have been very reliant on him, and I still think, especially now that they have on Johnson and a big back in LeGarrette Blunt. so if we're talking first and goal from the three or the four, uh, the combination of Johnson on the outside and Blunt on the inside, they should be pu- punching that football in uh, in those goal-to-goal situations. Uh, the issue's just been when they've been in the red zone and they've, and they've settled for field goals, or they get a penalty and, and, and kick it back a notch and have to have to Prater go from 40 or 50. Um, the special team's issues for the Lions have been the penalties. Uh, Jamal Agnew, who's a very, very dynamic return man, uh, has had a couple of great returns that have been called back this year already. So the issues is just with the Lions have been penalties. But I don't know about you, Marcus. Every NFL game I watched, it seems to be the same thing happened Monday night with Tampa Bay against the Steelers when when uh, Deshaun Jackson took one back. It just seems like they're, everybody's throwing penalty flags on these returns. That's especially true in the early part of the season when you're getting used to new players and you know you're cycling players at the bottom of your roster in and out. Um, you're going to see that. It's not something that I would worry about long term. Uh, it's frustrating. It's hard to watch. It makes football seem kind of boring in between those uh, offensive series. But it's going around, around across the league. So don't panic because of all the, op- or the special teams penalties. Uh, I, I hate it. <laughs> I, I don't. I just you know, like I said, Jamal Agnew is very, very dynamic. And uh, return game for Dallas, strong, not strong. Eh, not really. I mean, they're just a very average unit. They they have Tavon Austin, and he'll make about four jukes to get to back to the the place where he caught the ball. So it's it's. I mean, as for returners, it's very 
boring. They're not going to do much in the kick return game. They're almost always going to kneel the ball in the end zone if they get a chance. Uh, they have a good punter in Chris Jones. They have right now just a very, very average special team. So nothing to, to fret over. All right, who's winning this game Sunday, Marcus? What do you think? Well, I was thinking about this game a lot over the last couple of days, and usually I, I I pick against the Cowboys. But I started to look at the matchups, and I do think this is a game where the Cowboys can control the line of scrimmage. Uh, I, I have a feeling that they are going to run the ball a lot with Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott did not have a good game last week. I expect him to bounce back in a big way this week. However, the Lions just have a lot of offensive firepower. If they can get to 20 points in this game, I have a hard time seeing the Cowboys being able to match that. So I'm actually going to pick the Lions. We'll, we'll go with 23 to 17. Wow. I, you know, I'm torn. Marcus, I think, I think you're spot on, and I, and I could see myself. I, I've gone back and forth on this numerous times because it's ironic. Everybody thought the Lions were going to kill the Jets in week one, and the Lions obviously lost and lost badly. A week two, I don't think anybody thought the Niners were any great shakes, and it was about 50-50. Last week, again, nobody picked the Lions except for maybe a, a couple of people um, in terms of the, giving them a chance against the Patriots. Now everybody feels like, hey, the Lions can beat Dallas. It's it's a rarity that, that you'd ever pick Detroit to go down to Dallas and win. And I know about the playoff game years ago with the with the phantom uh, um, or with the pass interference call on Pettigrew that the flag got picked up because the Lions actually played better that day than Dallas. But um, sure. you know, and then there was the Zach Zenner game. Was it two years ago? The Monday Nighter. Um, yep. But Dallas, but but your offensive line just destroyed Detroit. So I'm with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go right around the same thing. Twenty six twenty something like that. Lions. I'll give Detroit the benefit of the doubt. I think they've got a little momentum, and they're feeling a lot better about themselves. And for the most part, they're pretty healthy. Uh, Ziggy Ansah, we haven't even talked about, has missed the last two weeks. Yet, Eli Harold, Devon Kennard, those outside backers have been able to get to the quarterback. Um, Is Ansah supposed to be in this game? Is he going to play? I mean, he's missed the last two weeks, um, and I think it was a it was a game time decision for both games. So I would think after two weeks off that he'd be back. But he, you know what, Marcus, he's always hurt. So uh, not that would surprise me, but I I would expect him to give it a go at least this week. Okay, um, that's interesting because if Ansa doesn't play, you know that that's it's not a great defensive line for the Lions. Um, that would be that would be a pretty big loss if Ansa's not able to play in this one. Yeah, but like I said, on the outside at least, they've gotten a little bit going with, with this this new look with the outside backers. Uh, Eli Harold, who they got from the Niners, and Devon Kennard, who they got from the Giants. It's kind of what they're doing. They're not playing a ton of D tackles. I think they only have three on the roster. Um, so they're mixing and matching at times. There was a third down that the, uh, the Patriots had the other night where there was one defensive lineman on the field and then a bunch of linebackers and safeties and corners. So Patricia's throwing new wrinkles at people. It, it took some time. Because the preseason, we saw nothing. First couple of weeks, we saw nothing. Finally, kind of threw the whole kitchen sink uh, at the Patriots. So we'll see what happens, my friend. Marcus, this was fun, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for doing it. This is awesome. Marcus Mosier, Locked On Cowboys. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. And the crossover edition on a Wednesday.